A reading from the Holy Gospel of Luke. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those who know this good word. This is the greeting of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yes, yes, yes. Now I have my place of happiness where I can talk and be with you and lean into it. And I really feel like the pressure's off because you've already taken up the offering. So this is like, I can just say anything. But it has been a very, very hot summer. I've spent the month of July in D.C. My husband, who is a songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee, has written a musical on Frederick Douglass. It opened at the arena stage. Um, we've been there the whole month, and I took this month to read and write and walk. First time ever walking, I got sun poisoning. got super sick. It was so hot. And I keep thinking about, you know, you just saw the news headlines about this is the hottest summer this world has ever known. And, or since they've been recording it at times. And how it makes you weary, just exhausting, isn't it? When you have to get out of your car and get your groceries and you can feel the sweat down your back just between the car and the grocery store. It's, it's unbelievable. And I loved that this was the gospel in the lectionary this week that the idea is don't grow weary. Don't give up. I mean, this world... I mean, with pandemics and protests and politics and war, all of these things that add to this idea of, like, I need to numb out or I need to just forget about it. Jesus is speaking into that to his disciples and to us in the midst of his hot summer. His eyes are set on Jerusalem, and he's taken these couple chapters in Luke's to tell the disciples you got to keep going even when you're feeling that way. He starts in the 11th chapter and he says the first thing is about prayer. And he teaches them the prayer we just prayed. While the heat is intensifying as they make their way towards Jerusalem, Jesus says, my eyes are set on Jerusalem and I want you to pray this daily prayer. It will keep you going. And so people through all the times and all the pandemics and protests and war, keep doing that daily prayer. And then it says in the 12th chapter, which is what we just read from, that thousands of people are coming around them and they are exhausted. The disciples are tired. They felt the hate. They felt the criticism. They felt the energy going out of them to the crowds, the healing, the stories, the traveling, all of it. 
And he says, there's a lot that makes you want to get weary. And Jesus gives them three. He talks about fear, the fear that we all have in our lives, in our world, and how fear makes you weary. And he talks a lot about one of the things that makes you weary is this heavy burden, whether it's the possessions, the rich fool. He's just told the parable of the rich fool who keeps hoarding stuff and that huge amassing of things that make you so exhausted. And he says, if we are just free from those heavy burdens that have been burdening us, whether emotionally, financially, spiritually, freeing ourselves from that is so important to not feel weary. And then he talks about this idea of inaction and distraction. So we forget to light our lamps. We're uninspired to light our lamps. I went for years talking about leadership and how we develop justice enterprises for women survivors because all the data in the world shows if we keep investing in women, we can heal communities. When we do violence and rape and prostitute women out in our world, we can kill communities. But when we invest and do this good work together, we heal communities. Went around, talked about it, and how we have to have this inspired leadership to do this work and to keep going. And then I found out that I wasn't inspired anymore. <laughs> I was weary. I've been doing this work, going around, starting programs. And I will say to you, if you ever feel really uninspired or weary, do not travel to Nebraska in November. <laughs> we were out there to start a new program, Magdalene in Omaha. And I went out there and I was feeling pretty gray, is the feeling I could best describe it as, before I went. And we got out there, and the skies were gray, and the trees were gray, and the pavement was gray, and the buildings were gray, and the car was gray. Everything felt overwhelming to me about just like, I don't know if I can keep going. But I did it. Because, you know, in the end, no one really cares if you're inspired. You know that, right? If you've ever been a parent, your kids do not care if you feel inspired to, to do dinner. I raised three sons, and never once in my life did I ever come home, and they're like, Mom, you seem a little weary. Why don't you relax, and we'll make dinner and bring it to you. Never happened in my life. Or for you, maybe. You know, you come on, come up one Sunday morning, and you're like, you know what? I am not feeling it. And your congregation's like, don't worry about it. Don't preach. We got this. They're like, no, we pay you to preach. Get up here. I've always admired how people really treat farmers. Like, no one says to uh, the dairy farmer at 4 in the morning, are you inspired to go milk the cow? No, it's not about that. It's about the teats are full, right? You got to go milk the cow. We got to do what we got to do. And that's what I did in Nebraska. And I went and preached at the cathedral there. I went and met with the foundations. I talked to 
you know, donor gathering saying this could be a great thing. You help five women. Hundreds of people's lives are changed. We begin to inspire communities because it's never been about just helping a small subculture of women. It's about all of us coming back together to remember the power of Love Heals. Did all of it. Did it all weekend, 8 o'clock, flying home on the plane. And I always get to travel with amazing survivor leaders like you just met today, Kim and Kristen. And the person I was traveling with had been in a foster care system since she was little. And she ran away in sixth grade because she said worse things were happening at her foster home than anywhere else. So she went to the streets, stayed on the streets, in detention centers, on the streets until she was 18. Then we do what we do and we graduated her to prison. She came to us, she was healing, doing beautiful work flew out there, gave beautiful testimony to how important it is to have a community around you to do this healing work, that we cannot do it on our own. We need one another in love. So I was feeling my greatness, got on the plane with Sophia, but I was feeling all sorry for myself like this because since Sophia had never flown before, she didn't understand the rule that you don't cross the armrests on a plane. We got up about 15,000 feet, and I realized she'd actually pushed me against my seat, and she was leaning across me to see out the window, and she was taking pictures. And we had flown above that grayness in the clouds, and there was this beautiful full moon, a super moon. It was haloed, and the clouds that were gray on the top side had hues of deep blue and beautiful violets. And she turned to me with her head right there on my chest and she said, I didn't know there was a sky above the clouds. I mean, she had seen the inside of prison walls and the underside of bridges and the back side of anger and the short side of justice. But she had never experienced the top side of a cloud and couldn't imagine this vast expanse of interstellar space, the sun and its courses, this galaxy and our planet Earth in context. I was like, Sophia, I'm good for another five years. I forget sometimes that we need to keep going and not grow weary because there's people who forget there is a sky above the clouds, that there's something beyond the gray. And it takes all of us to keep going and to trust Jesus' word that when we follow this path of love in prayer, without our heavy burdens, without our fear, we can trust that the Spirit will revive our souls, that we don't need to grow faint and weary. That is the testimony Jesus is saying that we can keep going together. And when you aren't feeling it, we can help you take that next step. And when you feel weary, you can trust that there is this path where the Spirit will come once again and breathe into us. I'm leaving this month to go to Poland. A brand new project called Love Rises that are, we are working with women who are survivors refugees of the war in Ukraine. 
who have organized themselves and come to us to say, we are knitters, we can do this. And we haven't done a great enough job to link women refugees and human trafficking, the most vulnerable victims of the war, young women. This beautiful woman, Marina, who was in Kiev, young, great entrepreneur there, who is flying to Germany and Poland today to meet and start gathering with the women refugees, wrote me an email this week that said, I am weary. There were 23 sirens that went off in the last 24 hours in Kiev. I don't know that I can keep going. We wrote her back, the four or five of us on that email chains with words of inspiration and love and compassion. And I was saying, I know that if we can just start knitting, we can bring hope and new life. And she wrote back, I just needed to reach out. Whatever you said was not going to matter. But knowing you were there made a difference for me. Just being present sometimes can lift us up and keep us going. And Jesus gives us clues about what it looks like to stay on that path. He says, stay focused. Keep your eyes on this idea of Jerusalem, this place where love can thrive in a kingdom where we love one another as we love ourselves and God. To keep our focus. And he says, keep the candle lit. Oh my gosh, is there a better call in the gospel for Thistle Farms that makes our living by lighting candles than that? It's a miracle for 25 years through everything we've gone through, floods and Nashville pandemics, our candle has never gone out. And we do it every day. We light a candle so we can remember why we are together. We light this candle for the woman on the street and the woman trying to find her way home. I invite you to bring a candle home, to start that practice or whatever the practice is for you, to keep your candle lit daily. And finally, he says, if you are going to live in on this path and keep going with a revived spirit, trusting it will come to you even when you are uninspired and weary, is stay grateful. These chapters that are coming up for us in Luke as he gets closer and closer to Jerusalem talk about the leper who turns and says thanks. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. If we can live in gratitude for the mercy we have known in our lives, if we can live in gratitude for the mercy that all of us have known in our lives, we can stay on that path. May God keep our spirits revived, even in the hottest times of our lives, in the times when we are tired, so we can live into the truth that love is the most powerful force for change in the world and in ourselves. Amen.